1: great to be with you on a tuesday afternoon hope you are having a wonderful day thanks for spending part of your afternoon with us here on your radios and across the state on swx montana television outstanding to be with you we are broadcasting live from the kurtz polaris studios kurtz polaris at 2904 west broadway in missoula highway 83 and Celia online at Kurtzpolaris.com. you can find us on the world wide web as well 1029 espn.com there you can listen to the stream The stream's available all the time, and it is a way to listen live to this show, no matter where you are, or perhaps it's just more convenient on your device. The stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call, 329-1899 is the phone number, 329-1899. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. We're going to cover uh, the Grizzlies here off the start, and more specifically, Dalton Sneed. Coulter, we've talked about Dalton Sneed obviously throughout the course of the season and the way that he's been playing, but we really have not spent time dialed into him specifically. It's been in the context of the team, uh, but he has been so good, and the tear that he's been on, particularly this last three weeks, uh, is uh, remarkable. So we're going to hear from him both uh, about this last game uh, uh, on Saturday against Idaho State and uh, and hear again from Hauk about him, but also just talk about him a little bit amongst ourselves. And we will also into this in this hour get to Montana State we will hear a little bit more from Montana State uh, head coach Jeff Choate talking about uh, the uh, game they have upcoming against Sacramento State on Saturday talking about the offense that is uh has been effective and yet very, very atypical. And so we'll hear from uh, Jeff Choate about all of that stuff uh, as well. In the next hour, we're going to talk some NFL. We're going to get into the league at large. We obviously are talking a lot of Seahawks around here, but we have not talked about the league as much uh, recently just because we've had so much going on. So we will get into that a little bit more specifically. Who's legit? and who is not? Who is, who is real and who are the pretenders in the NFL amongst the teams that are good, that are all decently good, 3-2, and two, have a winning record, whatever, or better? Uh, how many of those teams do we really believe in and why? So We'll get into some of that stuff as well. If you want to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. By the way, the show Outlook brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com The most fun, the most insured, the best gutter cleaning you can get. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com Coulter Dalton Sneed. He is the Three-time consecutive Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. And to that, he adds this week the National Offensive Player of the Week. 464 total yards on Saturday against Idaho State. 397 through the air and two scores. Another 67 on the ground. Two more scores rushing. And uh, it has. It was 1996 with Brian Ayotte, the last uh, uh, Grizz player. Presumably, it would always be a quarterback, but uh, to break the 500-yard threshold in terms of total yardage, I don't know if Dalton Snead is the next closest, but he got close—30, 30, 34, or 36 yards away, excuse me, from that 500 uh, uh, number—and uh, as impressive as it gets, and not just on this Saturday, but throughout the course of uh, of the last really three games. You wrote, Coulter, in your article on uh, uh, at SkylineSportsMT.com. 1,668 total yards over the last three weeks he's done, to go with, hello, 13, is it 13 touchdowns? I mean, it's it's remarkable, and we've given a lot of credit to a lot of places, to the coaching staff, to the improved offensive line. We know how good the wide receiving core is. The emergence of Marcus Knight has been outstanding for Montana, and obviously Dalton Snead is the catalyst for all of this, and he gets talked about within that, but I don't know that we've really sort of, uh, 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 honed in on him specifically, and just how good he has been, and he's been uh, as good as you can be in these last you know several weeks, and even from his emergence last year onto the scene, Bobby Houck was very confident in who he had, and now we
0: all know why. If the season ended today, Dalton Sneed the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Has to be. I think. I think it's not even close. Yeah. And if he, if the season ended today, he actually might be the. National Player of the Year. I mean, he's 7th in the country right now in passing yardage, which is actually crazy that <laughs> there's three guys from the big sky ahead of him. Yeah. But I would say that Dalton Sneed, sometimes numbers are skewed. I mean, Case Cook is the second in the country in passing yards in six, with 1,669, which is a little short of 200 more than Dalton Sneed. But so many of those are just taking shots when you're losing. I mean, he, he threw for 395 yards against Arizona because they were down by 40, and they cut it to 20. But, you know, I just really don't know if you can... A lot of times it's a little bit of garbage time minutes. Whereas sneeds I mean, with the exception of Oregon, I don't think the the Grizz have even trailed, really. I mean, they trailed by one point at halftime in North Alabama and then blitzed them. They trailed 17-0 on Saturday for 20 minutes. But then once they get in control, they do not relinquish leads. This team is phenomenal at closing things out. Well, and how much is Case Cook is running, right? I mean, uh,
1: very little to none, only if he has to. Whereas... Dalton Sneed could do many things on the ground. He could certainly scramble and get away, but they also call his number regularly. He, he led the team in rushing on Saturday, but he also led the team in rushing attempts on Saturday, and those were designed, man. He was trying to get totally. out there. He had
0: 18 carries. Yeah, he's got 59 carries, so he's averaging about 10 carries a game. Right. He's only got 199 yards, only averaging 3.4 yards per carry, but he's also not had the necessity of running as much as he did. But the
1: other thing is this, I hate this stat, man, because it does not,
0: it's not real because it includes negative
1: yardage for sacks.
0: Right, he has 260 yards from scrimmage. I mean, Montana's only, Montana has not actually given up a crazy amount of sacks. They've only given up 11 sacks, so uh, a little less than two per game. But 260 yards
1: is an average of like four and a half yards a carry. Sure, totally. And the difference between four and a half yards a carry and 3.8 yards a carry is is everything.
0: Yeah, totally. It also impacts the number uh, of yards per game you're rushing for. Um, but, I mean, Dalton Sneed is a true dual threat, but he's throwing the ball at a higher level than I ever actually thought that he would ever be able to reach. I mean, he has far exceeded what I thought his potential was going to be. I thought he was a sweet college quarterback last year, and he was the Big Sky Conference Newcomer of the Year. And I thought that he was very typical in what a lot of dual-threat quarterbacks struggle with, and that is just the feast or famine nature of the way that they play the game. You're either incredibly explosive or you're incredibly volatile, and I think a lot of that has to do with how much you get hit. I think a lot of times if you're a tough guy like Snead, you might get rocked. And then you're in again, and then you might just make a bad decision on the next play because you're just kinda shaken up. And we saw that last year. I mean, Snead made two terrible decisions against UC Davis because he got absolutely just destroyed the play before. I mean, he had that one where he ran upfield and leapt in the air and got hit as both hard, sides as of hard his helmet. Hit
1: as it, as have.
0: And then he threw a pick pick I don't think it was a pick six. I think that they returned it to like within five yards and then punched it in on the next play. But an I, I an don't think he on the next snap. Though. I don't think he makes that play <laughs> Head is on straight. Right, right. So, in fact, he's taking left hit, I think, has really uh, accelerated his ability to throw the ball. but also, your mic.
1: You got you to gotta fiddle with it. Sorry. I'm it cutting is. you off. I don't yeah. know what. You talk. Okay, I'll talk. You're right, though. It is. I mean, he gets involved in the thing, and he does it. He, you know, he, uh, uh, you know, does... All the things that you want him to do, but sometimes the struggle is uh, the fact that he is the one who's sticking his nose in there, and then he does end up, you know, taking some hits and getting in trouble a little bit. Let's hear from Dalton Sneed specifically from this game on Saturday, just to hear a little bit from uh, the man himself. Now, obviously, he's talking about one game, which is the Idaho State game, and an outstanding game that he had. But here you go, Dalton Sneed on the offensive explosion again—a fifty-nine to three run for Montana over the last three quarters.
3: I think we just started flowing on offense. You know, once we once we had our rhythm and are able to uh, start going fast, that's when things clicked for us. Um, and we were to I was able to start taking the easy throws and getting the balls to our playmakers, and they were able to do the rest. 59-3 to three
1: is the, the closeout. What, is, what, is the, what does that feel like when you're on the sidelines and it's kind of rolling like that?
3: It's very uh, – it feels really good just to answer your question like that. Cause I, I mean, that's not that's not with us just being able to execute. That comes from back in January when we wanted to emphasize, you know, finishing and never never backing down. You know, we get back to Wall early 17-0. We're gonna come out swinging, um, and that's what Coach has emphasized since January. So it's just, it's good to see that pay off and us really initiate
0: that on the field. We're down 17-0. The next three drive, done. <coughs> so what your mindset going into how we get able to punch them in. I was just telling
3: the guy, hey, nothing new. You know, we, we know what we can do on the offense. We're, we're stopping ourselves here, just like Coach said. You know, there's plays where we weren't able to execute on third down and uh, put our defense back on the field. So we just had to do our thing and and, and take what they were giving us because they were doing a good job of trying to keep everything in front and, and skating coverage. So we just had to take what they give us and chip away, and that's what we are able to do.
1: Okay. That's an easy way to put it. Easy way to chip away. But he has been as, as good as it gets, and especially early Coulter when he, he missed some things. And then, you know, you talk about if he gets hit, he has at times maybe made a couple of mistakes because he has been shaken up. But also, he's the type of guy that early on in a game, it seems like when he gets hit a couple of times, that also is his entry point into the football game as well. And so he stands back there, first couple of drives and overthrow, of, you know, throws it behind uh, Gabe Sulser, Because how couldn't you throw it behind Gabe Sulser? You know, he's fast. That's the idea. Uh, but, you know, all of a sudden he gets his number called. He has an RPO. He takes a hit. He uh, just gets tackled, whatever. And now you're kind of rolling. And I also, one thing I've admired about Montana is they have played with great tempo and great variety of tempo throughout the course of of the season. I think Dalton Snead does an excellent job of managing that because you know some quarterbacks feel very comfortable in a two-minute or you know a no huddle or fast-paced offense other other quarterbacks feel more comfortable in you know your standard standard huddle it up get to the line take a look at what's going on he can do both and that's great man it's uh it's like the quick pitch in baseball if you can if you feel like you got the defense kind of reeling a little bit kind of guessing at what it is that you're doing all of a sudden bam you're at the line you're calling the next play he's really good at that as well
0: it's interesting what you just said as far as Well, sometimes he needs to get hit a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you this. It seems to me that he's better when they're behind early. I think that a lot of times they fall behind early because it takes him so long to settle in. Shouldn't say so long. He's just a juiced up guy. There's a lot of guys that have quarterback mentalities. There's a lot of guys that have football player mentalities. He's a football player. Like he, is. he is. I mean, he's ready to go hit somebody. Like he, I, it's like one yeah. of the old guys out of practice said to me the other day, they're like, I'm not so sure he couldn't play outside linebacker. He probably could. I mean, he, right. he would, I don't know how long he'd last because, first of all, he's overly aggressive, but second of all, he's not very big. Yeah. But he could do it. I mean, as far as his toughness, he could do it. And I don't know if he'd start or anything like that, but he could for sure do it. Like, he's not scared of anything. Right. He's not your typical pretty boy quarterback. Like, Case Cookus is only shooting threes and playing quarterback. That's it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but Sneed, though, he's jacked up. And that's what Bobby said after the game, too. Bobby Houck said after the game. He's always so jacked up. But also it seems as if when they fall behind, which sometimes they fall behind early because he is so jacked up, so it's kind of a chicken or the egg. But when they're behind, that's when he's at his best. I mean, like, when Monmouth cut the score to six, the next two drives were... Vintage. I mean, they yeah. they were just, just dicing people when they're down seventeen nothing. Idaho State. The next three dives is just boom, boom, boom. I mean, he he completed like I think nine consecutive passes during that span. So yeah, I mean,
1: I, to me, I would chalk that up, Coulter, honestly, more to to coaching and and not scheme, but 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 in game adjustments. Sure. Because this team hasn't started off. I shouldn't say they haven't started off well. They didn't start off well on Saturday. They've been okay to start games. Uh not great. They mm-hmm. have been peerless. Maybe the best in the nation. I've looked at the numbers in like the third quarter.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, and, mean, I think they've given up one score in the entire one touchdown in the entire third in
1: the third quarter of this entire year. And they and they've scored a million. I mean they they've been they've been just completely boat racing people and again, it's not because all of a sudden you go in and change everything at halftime, but I think a couple of slight wrinkles and finding things that you know are going to work and I think as the game starts to wear on, this coaching staff has done an excellent job at finding that, but also you got to have the guy who can sit back there and implement that on the fly, or at, at least in real time, you know, is it, it, of course you've practiced this stuff, but to say, okay, this is what we're going to do now. And he's able to execute that. And, uh, and also, you know, he's a playmaker, you know, every play that you call doesn't just work out perfectly all the time. You have to make, you know, a second and third read. You got to step up in the pocket. You got to scramble a little bit. You got to turn a negative into a positive and, for for every time that 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 Snead has maybe been a little too I don't know aggressive or or a little held the ball a little too long and maybe taken a sack or maybe you know like we saw against Monmouth gotten stood up when he should have just gone down and loses the football for every one of those type of plays there's five or 10 plays that he makes where because he's a playmaker that he avoids a sack and is able to stay up and complete a pass. He's able, instead of being you know tackled behind the line of scrimmage, to break a tackle and gain three yards. Here's the other thing. I mean, on the statue, when you talk about the rushes, the rushing yards, okay, maybe you, maybe you just ran for three yards, but also what it wasn't was a three-yard loss. I mean, it's a six-yard swing on that play, depending on how, on how the play develops. Now, stuff that's just a straight run to him and RPO, that's a different thing, but what you are being, you know, at times... uh uh, harassed in the in in the pocket your ability to escape that stuff and get out of it it's a huge swing to turn a tfl into even a two-yard gain i mean that's a major plus for what it could have been in terms of trying to keep your team on schedule colter something people may not know about us but
0: we work at a company imagine that we don't just broadcast from our bedrooms
1: I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones. It's the only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all, and Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called ergo sounds elegant ergo certainly is elegant it's also secure scalable and state-of-the-art with 24 7 local account management and support if you're interested in learning how ergo can support your business needs
0: visit go voice to learn more one more time it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice blackfoot takes care of us coulter and they can take care of you montana quarter by quarter 31 17 the grizz have lost the first quarter They've won the second quarter, 78 55, the third quarter 88 to 30, and the fourth quarter sixty-three to twenty. So if you add that all up, hundred and fifty one to fifty in the second half divided by six games. So you're talking about they're averaging in the high twenties and giving up less than ten per game. Well, and in the second half. And they scored uh, zero in the second half uh,
1: against Oregon, right? Or three. three. Okay, three. so they scored three.
0: Well, that's the other thing, is you, when you're s- analyzing these statistics, Statistics. Snead threw for 184 yards and had one of his three picks against Oregon. He also rushed seven times for negative eight yards. So like, yeah. the Grizz gave up, I think, four of their 11 sacks in that game, and the Grizz scored three points. When you take that out, the Grizz are averaging 49 points per game against FCS opponents. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I never thought thought I would see the day that Bobby Houck's teams would average 49 points per game, but so much of it has to do with Sneed. But I also think that this first quarter stat could be misleading. We talked about this yesterday. Sort of a misperception on the the necessity to start fast. I think some teams and some styles of team, some levels of maturity of certain teams, they do need to start fast. I think when you have a mature team and you also have an offensive coordinator and a quarterback that are on the same page, first quarter, it's like it's as Coach Houck said, we just didn't run enough plays yeah. to kind of know what they were doing. And then once we knew knew what they were doing, then we can counter move. Mm-hmm. And that's the sophistication of this offense. Let's hear from Bobby How. Coach
1: Houck, whether it's an opponent, whether it's his own team, whatever it is, he he always understates or he's prone to understatement, I guess is how I'll say it. And you know, he talks about, yeah, they're a good team, yeah, we respect them, yeah, they do a lot of things well, that kind of stuff. He very rarely hands out, though, real laudable praise, especially to an individual and, and almost never to a guy on his own team. This is probably as close as it gets him talking about Dalton Snead.
3: You know, I'd say this about Dalton. It's it, His uh, stat line's pretty fantastic, but in his practice this week was uh, pretty fantastic as well. But he's such a competitive guy. I think he was awfully juiced up wanted to be perfect during the game and and we missed some things in the first quarter that uh after that he was he was money and you know it was just a great game by him.
1: Fantastic week of practice, fantastic stat line, little juiced up early to your point Coulter. Uh but money. Just money. And a fantastic game by him and uh you know it's 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 it, you know it's not deniable. It it isn't deniable. And you ask me, Coulter, you know, is it is it is it crazy to say or to discuss Dalton Snead as maybe being uh, the best, certainly one of the best, or the best quarterback of of the of the two thousands at the University of Montana? Uh, I think there's uh, I I would want to go back and take a little look. But look, the way that he's playing right now, uh, simply outstanding. Now he is also and this is certainly not lost on anybody. He is dealing with some of the best skill position guys that exist in the league, especially at wide receiver. I would like to highlight that by listening to Rob Fennessy talking about these guys. Now, Idaho State, we talked about this all week coming into the game on Saturday, Coulter, how good they are at wide receiver. And it's not just Mitch Guller. In fact, to your point, Mitch Guller got two balls for 15 yards It was a non-factor in the game on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I got egg on my face because I said that I thought Mitch Guller was the best wide receiver in the Big Sky Conference. And the reason I said that is because Mitch Guller was a second-team All-Big Sky selection as a freshman, his first year back playing football after a five-year hiatus, and then he was a unanimous first-team All-League selection each of the last two years. Sammy Akim does not have that on his resume. Samari Torres does not have that on his resume. But after watching Mitch Guller live, he's— Either struggling with an injury, struggling with the fact that it's not his brother throwing on the ball anymore, or he's just a step or two slower because he is 26 years old, or maybe a combination of all three factors, but whatever it is, Mitch Guller's not the same player. He looked washed to me. Yeah. And I don't know what the factor is, but he, he did not have the same burst off the line. He did, they are not throwing the ball down the field to him like they did for the last three years. He's only got eleven catches this whole year. Yeah. That's crazy. No, he did not look good. But and, and so so you, so so I, I got to amend my statement. I think that all the best receivers in the Big Sky Conference play for Montana.
1: Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Even with Mitch Gowler, who has been look, there's no denying he has been great. You add to that Tanner Connor and Michael Dean, and Michael Dean, by the way, was outstanding on Saturday. He went over hundred yards receiving for seventy-one State. on one catch. Yeah, that's right, the big one. But uh, had had. He had a nice day, and so the point is, is that the wide receiving core at Idaho State is presumably pretty darn good, and and it is going to be, you know, you you think one of the better ones in the conference for sure. Here's what Rob Fennessy, the coach of those wide receivers at Idaho State, had to say about uh, Samari Torian specifically, specifically Samuel e. Kim.
4: Those two are, you know, we like to think uh, our number 20 and number two and number 80 are are are. Uh, Close to those guys, um, but you know that's the first time. I, well, you know, I guess Akeem Kim was with the team two years ago, three years ago as a freshman. But you know, he's a, he's a big guy. That's a he's a big, good-looking receiver. They do a good job with him.
1: Now, you're never going to hear a coach come out and go, "Well, almost never." Yeah, their guys are better than our guys, just period. Especially when you think your guys are pretty good. And I know that Rob Fendacey does like his guys at the wide receiving spot. But when there's a giant pregnant pause about how to best articulate gently the fact that their wide receivers are just better than our wide receivers. I mean, that's what I take out of that statement from Rob Fennessy. He goes, I hadn't seen Sammy again before. He's a big, good-looking receiver. In coach speak, what that is is he's the best wide receiver on the planet of Earth. I mean, that's a that's close to what he is saying at the FCS level of football uh, when he's saying that stuff. Because again, you can't come out and say what you actually think, heaven forbid. So that that to me, to hear him say that is is such a. Uh, uh, you know, a compliment, and also makes you understand what he's a guy who works with some really good. Oh, here we go. Got we're it. having a great day here. Look got at this it. athletes, man. Hey, Him. did I tell you that we got we're on YouTube? You can go to YouTube now, watch two tail and one as you can see all the fun things that happen when I'm batting glasses of water over and catching them on the flip. Shout out Town Pump. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for Dig. Right, yeah. good, good. advertising.
0: It's good to have a lid too, just in case. I've always wondered this. Town Pump's been sponsoring the show for over a long time yeah. now, yeah. and. We don't drink soda in here. Not that if you want to drink soda in one of these, you can't. Sure. I just don't want people to think that I'm just chugging 125 ounces <laughs> of soda every show. Dudes. This is water. It's all water. It's all yeah. water. Yeah. And we do drink a lot of water on the show, but we appreciate Town Pump for being yeah. a part of the day. Water team. and occasionally a little coffee. So we always talk about just the legacies in sports and what is greatness and who's better and all this stuff. And it's one of the most fun parts about sports. It's one of the most fun things to debate. And there's been so many great receivers at the University of Montana. Mm-hmm. So many. I don't even need to go down the list. Yep. I don't know, and I don't think that Samari Torrey or Sammy Akeem are are in the conversation yet as one of those guys that goes on Mount Rushmore or is even in the top 10 yet. But I think that they're the two most physically dominant receivers compared to the guys that they're playing against because there's been two things that have happened in college football. Out West, if you can play at corner at all, you're going corner. to the Pac 12 yeah. or, or the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And so the corner and there's there's a, a couple pretty good corners in the Big Sky, but there's there's no corners that can come close to being able to just physically handle Sammy Kim. Mm-hmm. If you want to run him, if you put him on the single side, and you want to run him on a a slant, he's going to beat you. And if you put a safety over the top, then that means you don't have a safety over the top, Samari Torre, and he's going to beat you, and it's almost a certainty. And that's what I mean as far as how physically dominant those two are really are. Well,
1: and, and all you need to do is watch his touchdown at UC Davis, right? Where it's, I mean, it's it's almost a terrible decision. I mean, throwing it into coverage, the ball bounces into his arms as uh you know the defender is there with the football hands on the football the second defender comes in to make the big hit and they both now look some of it's physics some of it may be lucky but whatever Sammy Akev's bigger and stronger than both of them has hands bigger than everybody and holds the thing in they bounce off each other fall over but like pinballs and he walks his, the, the last 30 yards into the end zone I mean, it, it is impressive. Why do I bring this up when we're talking about Dalton State? The point is, is that as great as Dalton Seed has been, and there is no denying how great he has been. Period. It is the more dramatic what he's got: Samuel Akem and Samori Torre and Jerry Louis McGee and and Mitch Roberts and Gabe Solser to throw the football to. You know, and when those guys show up, you sit here and you go, "Well, yeah." Forty nine points a game. Now I get it. I mean, look at this. Look at this. What they're uh, yeah, doing. Yeah, I know. Right?
0: It, it's it, it, you just. Yeah, you have to remind yourself to not be a prisoner of the moment because, yeah, Dave Dickinson's as good as it gets. We also have Matt Wells and Raul Pacheco and Mike Earhart and Scott Guernsey and right. I mean, receivers for days. Drew Miller is as good as it gets. He also had Jimmy Ferris. I mean. I mean, it takes a team. Atu Molden, I mean, yeah, where you find a great quarterback, you find great receivers oftentimes. We mentioned who's the greatest quarterback in the 21st century. I think Sneed is the hardest to handle because of how explosive he is and how athletic he is. But you're right. you got to pump the brakes a little bit because, I mean, Drew Miller was a first-team All-American for two years in a row, and if it wasn't for a botched field goal, they would have won the national championship in 2000. They lost 27-25 in that game in Drew Miller's senior year. And then in 2004, Craig Oakes had one of the phenomenal years in U of M history, leading Montana all the way to the national championship game. And Cole Berkowitz was a three and a half year starter who then played pro football for four and a half or five years. And And then Jordan Johnson was a four year starter as well. So you got a lot of really good competition. And and when as great as he's been, he's
1: going to be two years and done at the university of Montana, you know, and look, if you're a two year starter at any university, that's significant. Uh, But but it, you know, it would have been a different deal if you know, Dalton State had just been recruited to the, to the University of Montana and was a redshirt senior right now. It probably would be no question, right? But, uh, but nonetheless, the fact that he's playing in a way that spawns the question and the conversation is remarkable in its own right.
0: You know, guess the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody.
1: No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite— water slides
0: that's right they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families groups and birthday parties with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate large meeting spaces for you and your clients and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere
1: talk to me about breakfast they're not messing around with the continental they got the full breakfast spread man that's what i'm talking about i need
0: that they got you covered there as well just down the road from the missoula airport the location is quiet and convenient The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests.
1: The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call, very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000, the best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport.
0: Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Juana's ESPN Sports Center. After another impressive performance, Montana quarterback Dalton Snead is the Stats FCS National Player of the Week. Once things got cooking for Dalton Snead Saturday, he whipped up a homecoming masterpiece. A senior quarterback threw for 397 yards and two scores while rushing for 67 yards and two more scores in the 59-20 demolition of Idaho State. The effort earned Snead his third consecutive Big Sky Conference and his first Stats FCS National Offensive Player of the Week award. Snead has six, uh, 11 168 total yards and 13 scores in his last three games.
0: In the latest stats, FCS Top 25 poll. The Big Sky teams in the top remain unchanged. Weber State number four after their six-point victory at Idaho. Montana State holds at number six after their overtime victory at Cal Poly. And Montana is number eight after their thrashing of Idaho State. UC Davis, meanwhile, after being ranked as high as number four in the nation two weeks ago, has dropped all the way to 24 Number twenty-four down twelve spots after a two-point road loss at North Dakota. Houston Washington out of the rankings entirely after beating, getting beaten soundly by Sacramento State over the weekend to fall to two and four this season. And finally, tonight the Tampa Bay Rays host the Houston
1: Astros in the ALDS. Tampa needs a win to extend the series to a decisive fifth game in Houston tonight. Game on ESPN Radio after the show. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Montana State, also 5-1 and one and 2-0 and oh in Big Sky Conference play. And this week, Coulter, homecoming. You and I going to be at the game Saturday?
0: Well, you're coming? Let's go. Bro, listen. Oh, that's right. You're having your little getaway. My little getaway? I need it's to my, bring
1: you the thing. It's my anniversary. I have it all ready for you. Everything. Yeah. Have it yeah. We got to get, get the uh, reservations. That's right. So Shout I,
0: out to the people at Sacagawea and Ryan's going to go have a nice little stay and maybe play at the golf course. The Headwaters Golf Course is open 11 months a year. They're golfing in February. There. Let me You're tell probably you something. not golfing. But if you need to or you want to, if you, everybody out there remembers, we gave away a nice little stay in place. at the Headwaters Golf Course. In uh, reciprocation for that, we got a little weekend and Ryan's going to go ahead and use it. My
1: wife knows. Uh, as do all of you that I played 97 holes of golf yesterday. as part of a fundraiser. If I on our two person weekend getaway for our 12th anniversary, in addition to going to a Montana state football game decided to go golf by myself, this might be the last anniversary that I would be celebrating. You know what I mean? So Yes, I would love to play uh, the Headwaters Golf Club. Uh, I look forward to the day that I do that. Uh, probably will not be this weekend. Probably will not be this weekend. But uh, I am going to go to the game. You know, guys got to work. You know, you know, you you, you enjoy the uh, lifestyle to which you become accustomed. And you know, I got to punch the clock. So I'll be at Bobcat Stadium Saturday looking forward to... Uh, to the uh, game, and I'm looking forward to this game, especially. By the way, we are to tell new broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. I am looking forward to this game uh, because I, I am I'm looking forward to, to the environment, to the homecoming, going back to back homecomings. That's going to be great. Obviously, anytime you know that you can go sideline, watch Montana State play up close, is great. Sacramento State is really, really good. And I am really looking forward also to watching the Hornets, to watch Kevin Thompson, who was on this show uh, a week ago, play in person and, and just see what this team looks like. This team is leading the Big Sky Conference in total defense and scoring defense. This team is second in the Big Sky Conference in scoring offense and total offense. Okay? Now, Sacramento State, and you'll hear from Jeff Choate here, uh, talk about this, but th- this is a good team, and they're, they are... You know, we, we said, who was it going to be this year? Because it's always somebody who jumps up right now is Sacramento State. And they're uh, a team that, that Jeff Choate said yesterday, he thinks is the best. He
4: didn't say he thinks. He says, certainly. Well, let's hear. Here you go. Jeff Choate on Sac State. I think uh, every year in this league, you're going to have that team. Last year, I think it was kind of Cal Davis that came out of nowhere and just emerged as a dominant force in this league. And certainly this year, you can see that that's Sacramento State, without a doubt. Could see with Sacramento State without a doubt. He also said there's no question this will be the best
1: FCS team they will have played this year. No question in his mind. Uh, interesting that this is the uh, homecoming game for Montana State because this is probably the most dangerous opponent that they'll have until the end of the season. Right here uh, on this particular Saturday. What do you think about Sacramento State and the matchup that they have with Montana State coming up?
0: Well, I've long thought that if Sac State could ever hire a coach that could figure it out, that they could be a sleeping giant in the FCS because Sacramento, the the greater Sacramento metropolitan area is gigantic. You're talking about 4.5 million people. Some of the greatest high school programs in the state of California are in the Central Valley, namely Folsom High School, where now Sacramento State first-year head coach Troy Taylor spent a good portion of his coaching career. So he knows the area big time and the area is incredible. I was looking up Elijah Dotson, who's Sacramento state's running back. He led mm-hmm. the league in rushing last year outside of the inhuman effort by Joe Prothrow. Right. among big sky running backs. Not, you know, we give this guy the ball on every play. Elijah Dotson led the league in rushing at 1185 yards, rushing nine touchdowns last year. Montana fans saw it on full display. He rushed for over 200 yards in the Grizz game. He scored three long first half touchdowns. He's, Astoundingly fast, he's the fastest running back in the NFL, in the uh, in the NFL. <laughs> he actually might be in the NFL someday because I really think that he's the best NFL draft d- draft. Uh, he's the best NFL prospect among big sky running backs. Mm. I think that Isaiah Fonce is the hardest runner. I think that Josh Josh Davis is probably the most complete running back. Alonzo Gilliam, the best pass catching running back. Although Elijah Dotson leads Sac State in catches as well, but it's astounding to think that he's pro- he ran at ten six hundred meters in high school. The three fastest guys I can remember in the Big Sky in the last 10 years in terms of their track, like their 100-time and their 40-times, outside of probably Mikey Dean in, at Idaho State and Jerry Lou McGee at Montana, are Taiwan Jones, who was the Big Sky Conference MVP in 2010 when Eastern Washington won the FCS National Championship, Elijah Dotson at Sacramento State, and Simba Webster, who played for Eastern Washington the last several years. All three of those guys went to the exact same high school. Mm-hmm. They all ran on the same tr- in the same track program. Those first two guys ran on the same four by one hundred team with Javid Best and Noel Divine. How about that 4 x one hundred meter team? Pretty fast. Pretty fast. <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> Anyways, when Sac State Marshall Spurbeck had Sac State rolling a little bit, and they had a winning season in two thousand thirteen, and then they went seven and four in two thousand fourteen, and actually that was a twelve game season. So they went eight and four two thousand fourteen, and they would have been a playoff team if they wouldn't have lost 59-56 59-56. To Montana State that year and Montana State took the playoff bid and Garrett Saffron was one of the best quarterbacks in the league then DeAndre Carter he's still in the NFL you had all sorts of talent on that team and then Marshall Spurbeck gotten to hot water and because there's no real media coverage of Sac State no one really ever knows what happened but Sacramento State basically self-reported itself for an NCAA violation and Marshall Spurbeck was swiftly fired Jody Sears had been his defensive coordinator, and Jody Sears then inherited that job. Right. Well, Jody Sears basically burned it to the ground and said, we're going to start nothing but freshmen. Well, all those guys then, it was supposed to come to fruition last year. And they knocked on the door two years ago in 2017. They led the nation in sacks that year, and they had a great defense. Well, then last year, they were already banged up when they came to Montana. Darren Choates, who's their number one D tackle, and George Obina, who's their number one DN. those guys were both out when they came to Missoula. And then the dominoes continued to fall, yeah. and all of a sudden, Kevin Thompson, the quarterback, is out. You know, Darren Bland, the outside linebacker slash rover guy, is out. and They basically had injuries to eight of their probably 12 or 13 best players, and not just like twisted ankle, season-ending injuries. That's how you go 0-7 in Big Sky Conference play. They didn't even play the eighth game because it got canceled because of fires. But now a lot of those guys got their sixth, fifth or sixth years of eligibility reinstated, including Kevin Thompson, including George Obina. They still have Elijah Dotson. Now they have a coach that's willing to chuck it around the yard. And so I do think that Sac State's a dark horse in this league. And you wanted to say that after watching them perform so well against Arizona State. Yeah. But now they've really proven it, at least early, by dismantling Northern Colorado and taking apart Eastern Washington last week. They've been good in their two FCS games, They're two Big Sky
1: games. Very, very good. Mike <clears throat> You probably couldn't be better uh, considering, you know, how they how they handled their business against Northern uh, Colorado, and then pulled what was the upset? Now it's not clear that it was an upset, but it was still it wasn't just a two point win. They won by like three scores against Eastern Washington uh, on Saturday. Uh, Coulter for Montana State, they beat Cal Poly in overtime. Uh, they give they 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 create a big lead, and then Cal Poly comes back, and then they walk it off in OT. And I am of the persuasion. Particularly in San Luis Obispo, any win is a good win. When you're going up against a triple option, it's always weird. It's always hard to do. I think that obviously Montana State is gonna look back and and and, you know, try and figure out, okay, well, how is it that, you know, we we allowed three scores in eleven minutes to force that thing into overtime in the first place? But they came out. They played really well for three quarters. And ultimately, when, it was, when, they, when they absolutely had to have it, when their back was against the wall, they had it. And they had it in both directions. They had it in a dominant defensive possession in overtime. And then Travis Johnson three times, let's head to the bus. you know, And, and, and so that is good, obviously, for Montana State. But when you take Montana State as a whole right now, where are they compared to where you thought they'd be 5-1, and 2-0 and in Big Sky Conference, but also looking at the way that they're playing and what they're up to? And we're going to talk more in the next segment, too, about you know this team and their offense in particular.
0: I mean, each week, the highlights of Jeff Choate's press conferences are when he digs his heels in and tells you his theories, thoughts, and desires when it comes to football. It's been solid gold the last couple of weeks. And he's basically been saying, hey, I know I don't have a quarterback, but we're going to figure out what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to absorb a lot of teams in the Big Sky Conference from a different angle than what the traditional fan is used to watching. Watching the Grizz score 59 basically unanswered points is very easy to compartmentalize what's going on. The quarterback is shredding the defense. The receivers are dominating the corners. You are throwing the ball down the field. It's easy to see. When you play Cal Poly, if Cal Poly turns the ball over, even twice, you will beat them by four scores because they do not have the ability to come back. If they don't turn the ball over, you will never beat them by more than a score. Yeah. It's the whole strategy. Tim Walsh knows how to manage the clock to get it. So that at the end of the game, it's a one score game. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday. So you can say all you want, like, oh, is Montana state really the number 16 in the country? They needed overtime to beat Cal Poly by six points. Well, if you go back and look at the history of Tim Walsh for the last ten years, I bet you that Cal Poly, when they turn the ball over one or less times, they have been in one score games. I bet you ninety percent of the time because mm-hmm. that's the style, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. So it's a good win to go to San Luis Obispo and get it. Period. I mean, like Tim Walsh on the show a couple weeks ago, he said when we went one and ten, we lost six games by six points or less, and we went one and ten. Because they played that exact style and they just didn't have the ball last or they just couldn't finish. And you know, Maybe it sounds like an excuse, but it's the style that they want to play. But as far as where, I, where Montana State's at compared to where I thought they would be at, I think they're exactly where I thought they would be. I think that if you have elite defensive and offensive fronts, you have a chance, period. I think Montana State has the best offensive line in the league and the best defensive line in the league. They're going to see the other best defensive line in the league this week, though. Mm. Sacramento State, the only guy that can compare off the edge to Bryce Sturck is George Obina. Okay. So it's, uh, it's going to be a really good game in Bozeman, and I think it's a prove-it game for Montana State. I think that the way that they play is clunky, but I also in terms of the, the normal average fan, but I think if you actually watch what they do, it's been very impressive. Because if you talk about the intangible elements of football, they've been able to finish, they've been able to rally, and they've been able to run the ball. I mean, right now, no one leads the Big Sky Conference in rushing as a team besides Cal Poly. Because they only run the That's ball. It. Yeah, Montana State's leading the league in rushing right now. That's an incredibly impressive stat. tell the Juana's one or
1: two nine ESPN Radio. We'll come back. We'll keep talking about the Montana State offense and this new invention they came up with. Not they, Montana State. They football the forward pass. Colter, something people may not know about us,
0: but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms.
1: I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all, and Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state of the art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's
0: visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice.
1: Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and they can take care of you. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios, Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 and Sealy online at kurtzpolaris.com If you want to find us on Twitter, you can do it, at goes2telt at 1029ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. We're also on Instagram, how about that, at 1029ESPN. you can check out uh, all the social medias. In fact, we'll be answering a question from the social media world in the next hour. So Uh, you want to follow along, participate that way. You certainly can. Uh, Coulter, uh, we talked about... This sort of upcoming game and the state of Montana State in general, when it comes to uh, where they are and how they're doing it, and they're five and one. You can't be better than that, probably, if you're playing Texas Tech in Week One, and so uh, they are two and zero in Big Sky Conference. Homecoming this week against Sacramento State. That said, they have as great as they've looked defensively, as absolutely outstanding as they've been running the football. Uh, obviously, throwing the football, the forward pass, as they say, uh, has not been a strength of this team. in fact it 's been a major weakness. So I will play this for you. It includes the question and it 's about the vision of the offense from Jeff Cho. How would you
4: maybe compare the way, you know the offense right now um, to maybe what you envisioned at the beginning of the season? Yeah, I, it's a really interesting question because I don't really know that I envision anything. I think my job is to make sure that we can do what we need to do to win. And uh, I'd love to say, hey, we're going to put, you know, Tom Brady back there and let him pick a defense apart. But, uh, you know, I, you know, for example, I thought Tucker in the first half was really efficient and played really well. And then for whatever reason in the second half, he didn't make as good of decisions and didn't place the ball as well. And that kind of slowed our offense down because of what they were doing defensively. You know, if he hits a couple of those slants to guys in the open field and lets them run with the ball, it's probably a little bit different game and so um what do you got to do at that point you got to do what you got to do to win and so when i what do i envision i envision w's and if that's three to nothing two to nothing i don't care i mean it doesn't matter how it just matters how many and so you know i know fans love to see explosive offense and all that kind of stuff and you know that's sexy and i get it um and i think that we have the ability to be explosive but i think um at the end of the day you know and over time Give the ball to 10, let him run three plays and score, and put an end to it. There you
1: go. I mean, it's that simple. Let Travis Johnson do what he does in the plus-one run game and call it a day. Listen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing.
0: Yeah. This is my challenge to every person that follows college football in the state of Montana. Educate yourself. Start watching other things besides the ball. Just do it. Just convince yourself to do it for a possession or two possessions or three possessions. If you're watching Montana State, watch the offensive line. Watch the way that they operate. Montana State is elite on offense. They're just not elite at throwing the ball. The numbers bear it out. They just they get a, their total offensive totals in a very unbalanced fashion. And you can say that you need to be balanced to win a national championship and yada, 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 and that might be true. But this is all about perspective. Montana State has a better chance to be better than they've been in the last 35 years this year, even though they have nowhere close to the elite quarterbacks that they've had in the past. And I'm not sitting here trying to defend Jeff Choate, but I do agree that I think that the number one most palatable thing for fans to consume is offense at any level. And fans are going to complain if teams are winning with defense because it just doesn't look as exciting. If you have a college basketball team that wants if you have Virginia that wants to win 59-52, it doesn't look as fun. But, and the reason that the Grizz are at such a fever pitch right now is because they're scoring 49 points per game. If they were doing that in Bobby Houck's first tenure, I can't even tell you what the environment was like in Missoula between 2003 and 2009. You would have thought the Grizz were a 500 team listening to half the fan base talk about how much they hated Rob Fennessey's offense, how boring it is that we play bend but don't break defense and all we do is run the ball. They went 80-17. and 17. Winning is all that matters. That's what Jeff Cho is saying. The Grizz are much more palatable right now because they have an elite quarterback, the best receiving group they've ever had, and they're averaging 49 points per game. But there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Let's just say that
1: there are an ironic saying that you would use in this particular segment, <laughs> uh, but
0: there, there, that is a fact. Listen, you can't argue with the result. Okay, you can't. Period. I mean, they've won nine out of the last ten FCS games. The only game they lost was to the NDSU in the playoffs. So It's a pretty good formula that's working out well so, over the sample size of a, basically a season. It is, it,
1: it, it, it is. And, and there's no question about how good they are on defense and how good they are on the offensive line and the run game, okay? And how talented they are just in general. The issue I think people might say, though, is, okay, look, educate me as much as you want to. Show me what the offensive line do and show me why would you ever throw another football in the air again. But also, choosing to do something implies that there is another option. And for Montana
0: State, there is no other option. They can't throw the football. So isn't that, like, such a credit to Choate? I mean, you could say, why don't you recruit a better quarterback? But that's here nor there when you're in October. Uh, shouldn't he deserve a ton of credit for the fact that they can't throw the football? This is not about— And that they still win? No, no, no. This is—I'm this is, not disparaging
1: anyone, least of all Jeff Choate. What he has built right now at Montana State this particular season is a monster— with the exception of one position, and now everybody says it's the most pos- uh, important position, you know, in North American sport or in, you know, uh, whatever. It ain't if you don't use it, okay? It's it, right, and so and so. Look, do it however you got to do it to win. But my point is, everybody would sit here and say they can do everything they're doing right now, and add to that the element of Travis Johnson yep. on, on the outside, uh, 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 Coy Steele, catch all of these guys you know that that are really good. I mean they have weapons at wide receiver. Okay, they really do. If they had somebody who was even moderately capable of doing this, Casey Bauman kind of was and kind of wasn't and Tucker Rovig has just just does not uh, he's I, just I, not it. He's just not it. He's just not it. So why I guess that is, and again, this isn't necessarily disparaging towards anybody on, on the coaching staff, but if you're going to say, look at how great they are despite this, that's fine. But the despite this is, is a deficiency
0: that is, four years into your tenure seems like, okay, well, why is it still like this? Isn't it part of it, though? Who I mean, think of all the most elite defenses and all the teams that have the, the identity of toughness and rough and tumble and run the ball and play defense. Think of all those teams. Who had an absolutely elite quarterback, NFL or college level? Clemson last year. Okay. <laughs> what, what, Clemson you, the year when, before. When that. you can just straight buy championships, which is what the FBS is. Then it doesn't. That's a uh-huh. relevant argument to well, me. Look, look, of man. course, Alabama and Clemson have all the best everything. They have all the best everything. If you're going to tell me that because you're
1: great on defense, just because it, you're right, most defensive teams that are great on defense, they focus on that thing, and then they have like moderate to okay quarterback or whatever. It's part of fine. the
0: dynamic because if you have an elite quarterback, you're not going to be as good on defense because chances are you're going to score faster, and also chances are you're not going to play with the same initiative because you know that you have somebody that's going to bail you out. You know you got Russell Wilson. Now I think that's crazy. It, it do you just, though? Yes, I if do. If Montana State had an elite quarterback where they got three straight tackles for Loskins, Poly's triple option, in overtime, they wouldn't have I don't, needed it. Maybe. Maybe but maybe not. I'm just saying your defense, when when you have the Broncos defense and you got Tim Tebow, your defensive guys ball as hard as they can because they want first of all, they want to win for that guy because he's a great leader and they also know he sucks. <laughs> so they also know that they have to. For Tebow. I really think that Montana State's run game operates better because the quarterback sucks. Their offensive line knows that they have to plow the road. Like against NAU, when they're down 31-14, they're like, man, we're not going to be able to do this throwing the ball because if we throw the ball, we're going to throw two more pick sixes and we're going to get ran. So then they go to work and they're
1: pile driving people. I think that is an absolutely tenuous position
0: to beat. It is a tenuous position. I agree that it's tenuous, but it's also impressive. You also have. To, I, I will also say this is definitely a personal bias of mine. It's not as if I support Jeff Choate wholeheartedly, but I love the style of football they play, and that's the type of football I like. And I know that's my bias
1: because I like seeing offensive linemen on the top of defensive linemen. I'm
0: a fat guy. Yes, I'm an offensive lineman, but I look at the game like an offensive lineman. Listen, watching them play.
1: Is a first of all, just because they're running the game doesn't mean it's not explosive and that it's not like incredibly fun to watch. That's that's the thing. It's it's the Cal Poly is 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 horrendous to watch. Horrendous See, I love it to watch. It. No, 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 I no. love it because they they rarely have something big happen. It's always they three yards, de- four, years, four, years, four years. Occasionally they break one. Montana State, they they break them regularly,
0: which is why it brings us full circle to the fact that they should just put Troy Anderson on offense. Maybe they should, with the way should. that this team's constructed and the identity that they need to have. They could have the best big play player in the league catching the snap, and then you don't have to worry about can Tucker Rovick throw a four-yard slant. Just snap it to the Minotaur and let him go. Centaur. Is that what it is? Yes, this centaur. is what Ryan has been calling Troy Anderson. I'm sorry man, to blow your, horse. your nickname, but he's the centaur. He is a centaur. He's a, he's a very hurt centaur he right is. now, but he needs, he needs to get healthy. But I still just think they should play him on, on offense. Play
1: him on offense. Don't play him at quarterback. You know who should play a quarterback? A quarterback. And then rotate
0: people through like you do. Have- so I don't think they should just play Travis Johnson and Troy Anderson at quarterback, back and forth. Fine. Wildcat, do it. Zone read. Don't throw it. Why not?
1: I, I I'm I'm with you on this. It doesn't change the fact that it's college football and that you recruit people and that they 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 they're, they're, there's nobody to throw football. Nobody. The forward pass. It's going away anyways, obviously, because this style is so effective. Hour one in the books.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
0: It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore